legal practice for a reason. Okay, hi everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Legally Couture. This is Erin, and I have a guest with me again today. This is Sydney. Do you want to say hi to everyone? Hi, everyone. This is Sydney Park. I currently hold the title of Miss New York, and I'm a third-year law student at Fordham Law School. Yes, she is. That is Sydney. So Sydney is like future me in terms of law school. She has a couple years on me, so she knows much more than I do about what what's going on in general. Like, what is law school? What are we learning? What's the point of it? So <laughs> she's going to tell us all about that today. <laughs> I don't know if I know that much more about <laughs> law school. <laughs> or maybe she'll tell us we never understand law school and it's like this forever. We'll you see. Know, they, call it a pra- they call it the legal practice for a reason because we're all just practicing learning process the entire we're time. Practicing. We love that. But yes, so as Sydney mentioned, she is the title holder of Miss New York. So we are going to talk about law school and pageants today and kind of how she balances all of that. And yeah, that way, if any of you are interested into getting into pageants, you can hear a bit of of that from her and what the benefits are, why she got into it. So that's the episode for today. But first, let's just learn a little bit about Sydney. So Sydney, tell us, where are you from? When did you move to New York? What's your backstory? Sure. My backstory, my <laughs> villain origin story, if yes. you will. <laughs> villain origin. I grew up in a small town, a little south of Boston. It's called Walpole. Um, oh. Dad's favorite joke is what separates the North Pole from the South Pole. Walpole. Walpole. <laughs> which is a great icebreaker because it is a terrible joke. But I grew up in Walpole. I spent most of my young adult life there until it was time to go to college. Mm -hmm. And my first year of college, I actually went and studied abroad in Paris, France. So I was at the University of Paris. That's so fun. I know. It was was a very exciting time, especially because I really wanted to go to college in the middle of nowhere. I wanted to do this small, liberal, artsy, college-type, insulated community. Um, I did not do that. I went (laughs) Um, lived in an apartment for my first year and then knew that I wanted to go and spend the rest of my time as an undergraduate student in the city. And I thought, what better city is there to go to school in than New York? So Mm -hmm. I transferred to Columbia University where I got my degree in American studies. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with that degree because it is a very, (laughs) it's a very liberal artsy degree that you can anything with. And I, <laughs> I liked writing, I liked reading, and I liked talking. And those three things seemed to be very good skills for law school. Um, but I took time to figure out if I really wanted to be a lawyer. So I went and worked at a law firm in New York City for a year. And mm-hmm. then while I was in my first year of law school at Fordham Law, I was actually an evening student. So I was still working at a different law firm okay. in a business development capacity uh, while attending classes at night. And then mm-hmm. After that first year, I was all in for law school. I transferred into the day program. I had an internship with a great judge Mm -hmm. over the course of the summer, and I got to work at the commercial division of the New York State Supreme Court. Oh, so fancy. So fancy. It was a lot of fun. It was virtual, but it was still Mm -hmm. really 
educational. And now here we are, and it's been a really exciting time and staring down the last few months of not only my year as Miss New York, but my entire <laughs> law school career is really both exciting and terrifying. <laughs> That's totally fair. I can totally understand how that would be exciting and terrifying. <laughs> but you know, it's, it'll be, it'll be great. Whatever happens, it'll be great. So (laughs) yes, 100%. Okay. So, um, off of that, let's get more into the law school stuff then, since you basically ended us right at law school. (laughs) So, um, you said you did the Fordham undergrad program. I mean, not undergrad, sorry, night, the evening program, the first year. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about why you chose to do that? Because you're the first person that I've had on that's done like a part-time program? Yeah. I mean, I was working at a great firm and I really liked my team and I had come into that position the summer before I started at Fordham. Mm -hmm. And I just, I wanted to keep working while attending school Mm -hmm. just because from my own personal experience, it was nice to have that money coming in. It was nice to have Mm -hmm. a job. I mean, the way that things really worked out was that I had to do a lot of like rigorous honesty with myself after the first year of whether this was going to be something that was sustainable. And also looking at my longer term goals, Mm -hmm. uh, because being an evening division student, it can be really difficult to get on the schedule of recruitment for these large firms. Mm -hmm. They do really are, they're aligned with a regular full-time schedule and course load where you have an entire summer to spend as a summer associate. Mm -hmm. You're going to graduate and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Four year program as opposed to an evening division student who generally graduates in four years. And so after a year of balancing a full-time job and mm-hmm. taking the one train up to Fordham Law School at night so that I could attend my six o'clock class all the mm-hmm. way until 11 p.m. some nights, um, I realized that I needed to change to be a full-time law student. And I, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that change. Um, and I'm still really good friends with a lot of the evening division students, which is also yeah. great too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. And that makes a lot of sense then that you wanted to keep that job. So that's why you went into the evening program. Um, and then eventually you were just like, this is too much. <laughs> that, Yeah. It was manageable for the first year, but longer term goals took the place of short term benefits. And I Mm -hmm. realized that it was a change that I needed to make for myself. Yeah. And you mentioned how it was partly because it didn't align with like the big firm recruiting system. Um, Did you know you definitely wanted to like go into the bigger firms then? Yeah, I wanted to do that because now that I have a job offer at one of the bigger firms in New York, it's kind of nice to be able to have that broad experience with a lot of different practices Mm -hmm. of law and be learning under the tutelage of people who've been doing it for 20, 30 years. Yeah. Having that kind of experience guiding you is a really big benefit and was a really big draw for me. And yes, long hours and yes, it's hard work, but I figured that the benefit of learning from a lot of the industry's best practicing minds is something that I wouldn't trade for the world. Yeah, that totally, totally adds up. (laughs) Um, And do you think, I'm curious, do you think you want to work in like big law long term? Or what are your like long term career goals? Yeah, I mean, I don't really know. I think I love the firm that I get to go work at after I graduate. I was a summer associate there. Mm -hmm. And I'm in a class with two other fantastic bright 
women and getting to start my career there is the best blessing I could ask for and getting to start with two awesome people who we are all in a group chat together uh, we oh, call ourselves a coven just because there's coven um but they're really fun and you know if I were to spend my entire career at this firm I would be very happy with that yeah. I don't know where I'm gonna be in 10 15 years yeah. five um and I'm open to that change if you know maybe I want to go in-house or things like that and I think it's so important to just keep your mind open about you really want to be and what kind of lawyer you want to be too yeah so just kind of see where the road takes you exactly (laughs) I love it (laughs) and what area of law are you going to be practicing at this firm or is it one where you kind of get a bit of everything I've heard of both yeah in our first year we are considered unassigned so we get to take do a little bit of everything that comes on whether it's corporate transactional or litigation I myself am leaning towards litigation work Mm -hmm. because I think it's really interesting and I always really admired many of the litigators that I've gotten to work with I think they're some of the most brilliant people Mm -hmm. and the most brilliant lawyers not not any offense corporate transactional lawyers, but I just, I always really looked up to litigators, especially. Mm-hmm. So that was something that I really wanted to do. Um, and to be able to be a female litigator, I think is also really cool. It's um, just kind of badass. Yeah, it is really badass. Really and badass. I think to myself that from my perspective, especially women are kind of told not to be confrontational and yeah. not to be argumentative mm-hmm. and to be able to have an excuse <laughs> to be argumentative and confrontational. Yeah and stand your ground because mm-hmm. you know that you're right and you know that your client has a case and you know yeah. that um being able to take that and really feel like you are a strong woman in that position that is something that I was really excited by and to be able to see a lot of strong female litigators especially yeah. at my firm was really inspiring for me yeah that's amazing did you get to do a lot of litigation work when you were there for your summer associate position then? Did they do like a rotation type thing? So again, for the summer associate program that I was a part of, it was very unassigned. So it was kind of whatever people had. And it was really funny. There was one of my favorite assignments was for a white collar, was for a white collar group assignment. And there were two attorneys who were writing an article (laughs) and they were like, we could just use some research help. So I got assigned to it. And there I am sitting on a zoom call with two of probably the biggest hitters at the firm in white collar Mm -hmm. litigation. And they're asking me my opinion on this legal matter. (laughs) I just felt really funny in the moment to be sitting there with two people who have easily 30 to 40 years of practice on me. Yeah. That would scare me. (laughs) Asking My opinion and my thoughts on Mm -hmm. this legal issues at play and the best part was that sometimes they were nodding and they were like yeah no that makes sense and that just filled me with such excitement to be like oh I'm contributing to a conversation yeah you're like wow I know what I'm talking about (laughs) it was great and it was even funnier I we finished the article and months later I got a notification from my firm that it got published on Westlaw and so to see it and then that's so cool first sentence was my sentence and the rest no of the article had been mostly changed because that's what happens. But I was yeah. like, this is my sentence. This is your I, sentence. I wrote that sentence. <laughs> oh my God. No, that's so exciting. You're published. I'm, I'm published. And published. it was 
was a very random white collar litigation issue, but like very exciting. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so exciting. So fun. So you got to work on that. That would be, that does sound amazing. You got to work with like some big attorneys and they would, they were like, yeah, makes sense. And then your sentence got published. <laughs> and then my sentence got, I was, and they kept most of the research I did, which was really exciting. Okay. I was yeah. like, those footnotes were all me. Yeah, you were like, my footnotes, my sentence. Exactly. <laughs> we celebrate the small things when we're when we're starting out. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It is the small things. And like getting published isn't small though. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. When you were working on it, did you think it was going to get like published on something like Westlaw? Yeah, that was the end goal for the okay. two was on the on the article and they definitely wanted to get it published um it was about it was actually about the elizabeth theranos problem of mm -hmm. um, attorney client privilege in the corporate context and okay. so we did want to get it published because there was a sentiment about the importance of this issue um, and the ethical kind of obligations of attorneys in those kinds of situations mm -hmm. and so having a timely article get published and working with really smart attorneys um, was just a really cool experience so knowing yeah. that you're going to be seen by other people mm -hmm. not that would have done a good job if I thought it was going to be just an internal memo, but yeah, it was going to be seen by other practitioners and knowing that my name was going to be attached to it as along with some really big partners was just, mm -hmm. um, it was a really important part for me because it reminded me that like, Oh, this is going to be seen and criticized yeah. and read by others. <laughs> yeah. It's not just like another law school legal writing assignment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so, so fun. Did you get to um, work on anything else over the summer in your associate position that like stood out like that? Yeah. I mean, we got a lot of really cool, um, a lot of really cool assignments. And one of the things that we, that I personally really enjoyed was we got to sit in on this kind of panel where litigators kind of go and they present their arguments to mm -hmm. like a quote unquote jury. And it's basically a focus group to see how certain arguments fall, what mm -hmm. a lay person thinks about your arguments, especially complicated legal concepts. Um, mm -hmm. How does that sound to just a person that they basically pull off the street? And so getting yeah. to see really the actual real life kind of how do we make this point in a way that makes sense to a jury? How do we make this point make sense to a lay person who doesn't know this really intense legal concept? Mm -hmm. How do we break it down in a way that maintains our the integrity of our argument? Mm -hmm. and so getting to watch that and getting to watch the strategy behind litigation was really quite interesting because I think we kind of think of litigation and we're like oh well the facts are the facts and the law is the mm -hmm. law and that's really not the case the case is how do we make this argument make sense and how do we yeah. make this point based on the facts that we have and so seeing yeah. the strategy alongside the legal arguments was a really mm -hmm. cool experience yeah no that is really cool and especially like I've never thought of it that way how you have to like break it down when it's a jury trial not just the judge, because it is people that don't necessarily know all of the legal jargon and stuff that you have to really break it down and be like, this essentially means this. Right. So right. that's so fun to get to kind of see the background of how it all like comes together. So yeah. like it was a great summer program that that firm they, had. Yeah, they did a fantastic job. And that's one of the, I mean, 
I'm sure everyone has advice to give, but one of the great pieces of advice that I always got was make sure you're asking about the types of assignments that you're going to get and mm -hmm. the types of opportunities you'll have at, at certain firms, because some firms will really be invested in their summer associate class and want you to feel like you're a part of the firm and want you to feel mm -hmm. like you're a real attorney um, and give you the type of responsibility that you yeah. have if you were an associate at the firm. Mm -hmm. um, and so knowing that those are the types of projects I would be involved in and knowing that the attorneys themselves were really invested in our growth and our understanding and yeah. um, our professional development was a really important thing for me. And so mm -hmm. being able to feel that at my firm was a really great sign that this was a place that I wanted to be. Yeah, that's amazing because you don't want to be at a place that you don't feel like you want to be. So that's great that they really had like a great program put together for you guys to really be a part of everything that was going on instead of just kind of like watching and right. just like doing <laughs> random tasks that they're like, hey, can you go do this? You really got to kind of be a part of the whole process and see how everything worked. That's so fun. I love that for you. <laughs> yeah, but so going off of that, so that's like a bit of how you spent your summer. So that's also what you're going to be doing now after graduation. Um, I'm curious how you picked what law school to go to. Did you pick Fordham because it had the evening program? That is a good question. And that, that was <laughs> many years ago. I do remember that I had offers at other in other cities. And mm -hmm. Fordham was the only one in New York that I had a standing offer for. And I knew that I wanted to practice in New York City. So mm -hmm. I realized that my best chance of getting to practice in New York city was to, to stay here. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So it just made things a lot easier. And in my mind, and what I really appreciated about Fordham law school is that their alums are just so invested in the student, in the current mm -hmm. body, um, yeah. the Fordham effect. And it's really just Fordham effect. <laughs> really invested in their students and getting yeah. to them and providing help for them in mm -hmm. And I think that's a really important thing to remember as law students is that you're a part of a much bigger network than just your, yeah. class, your section. Mm -hmm. I mean, leaning on that network when you need it and when mm -hmm. you can help it in return is part of the practice of law. Yeah, no, that's so true. Um, I remember, so I, um, I got into Fordham too. I eventually didn't choose Fordham, but it was like my other school that I was choosing between. And I do remember them talking about that and like their big alumni network. So um, I'm happy that what they said is actually like true, <laughs> that it's not just them speaking. So um, I'm glad to hear that, that they're just not like spewing words out during the like admitted students days and stuff. So I'm happy to hear that. Um, and then I will also say going off of that, I have already seen that idea of like the alumni network being in just like my first year of law school. Um, as I'm currently applying to internships right now, my roommate and I both applied to this internship and we didn't realize that it was like a Cardozo alumni. And it was that um, he graduated, I don't know, maybe like 10 years ago or something. And he worked at a big law firm, but now he's working in-house at a firm. And he had the opportunity to offer like a summer internship to be like his help as because he's the only in-house counsel. And then they get like out of house. Um, they outsource, I guess I think is what he called it. They outsource for like specific things. But um, so he had the opportunity to look for a summer intern and he specifically only like looked at and interviewed Cardozo students because he wanted to like give back to the school. And I was like, that's amazing. 
that's just like such a nice thing to do. Right. No, yeah. It's nice. We have um, Judge Denny Chin. He mm-hmm. is fantastic. He's on the second circuit. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's great because he's always looking for Fordham law students to give clerkships to. And I think that's fantastic yeah. because it's, that's a really upstanding position and mm-hmm. to be able to utilize your school to begin your career or to yeah. increase your education is just a really great thing mm-hmm. always be on the lookout for networking opportunities or yeah <laughs> I was about to say you don't realize how important networking is until you're like in a career like law where you're like it really is like your connections will help you get your summer internships clerkships all that fun fun stuff so yeah so networking events are great we love them (laughs) yeah so um that makes sense though that it was like your choice in the city and you wanted to live here so you're going to want to go to school here so that is often what you hear like try to work or try to go to law school where you want to work if possible um I'm curious what other cities you had looked at and decided against yeah, no, I think the other city that I was actually weighing, because some of them were out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> the other one that I was considering, and it was up there in terms of whether I was going to go to New York, was Boston, because I have family out there. And I was Me like, too. <laughs> I, could, I could live at home, yep. commute to school. Yeah. Um, and then the more I thought about it, I was like, that isn't going to work for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm from the Boston area. I'm from Southern New Hampshire. So I'm like 40 minutes outside of Boston. So that was also the other city I was looking at. And my dad was like, you know, you could just live at home and commute to school. And I was like, I don't think that's for me, but (laughs) thank you for the option. Appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, thank you for the option, but I don't think I would do well in law school, like living with family. Like I need to be able to go and like focus on school only. Right. Yeah. So, um, but I love New York. So I'm happy that it worked out and I'm happy for you too. (laughs) Love it here. Do you have any tips that you would recommend things to do or things to think about for students in undergrad that might be considering law school? Yeah, I think the, what my big suggestion for students who are considering going to law school is if you have the capacity and the time, I would actually be a big proponent of taking a year or two to go and work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that having that real lived experience, no matter in what industry you choose to go and work, mm-hmm. in, I think just having that employment experience is going to be yeah. really especially for law school and if you get a job at a law firm especially if it's a firm that's doing the type of work that you're interested in Mm -hmm. that's even more helpful and it'll just make the whole educational experience of being in law school that much more interesting to you because you've seen it in practice and you've seen Mm -hmm. it in reality it's not just a contract and a mustard seed it's really about (laughs) the it's really about the practice of law and what that looks like for every Mm -hmm. player so that would be my big suggestion and the other suggestion is to really 
like focus on your academics so that you have a good score to get into law school because it is mm-hmm. extremely challenging. Um, I am not a standardized test taker. I hate them so much. So God knows why I chose mm-hmm. a career where I need to take multiple tests in order to practice. Mm-hmm. But I, if you need to be gentle with yourself and realize that your timetable for studying might be very different from someone else's, mm-hmm. you need to take longer to study and you need to dedicate more hours to that. Like, don't think that that's going to make you any less of a law student because you needed the time. Take Mm -hmm. it if you need it and don't feel bad about it. Yeah. Going off of that, I would also say, like you said, standardized testing just isn't for everyone. So if you have trouble with the LSAT, it doesn't mean that like law school is going to be more of a nightmare for you than everyone else. It's a bit of a nightmare for everyone, but it doesn't mean that you'll be in a worse position. Some people just aren't good at standardized test taking. Um, it's just, it's not for everyone's brain and that has nothing to do with how smart you are. It's just like the test standard test lists are not for everyone. <laughs> that is very true. So don't yeah, about your LSAT score. Don't. <laughs> yes. Don't, don't let your LSAT score hurt you too much. And you can always take it again too. If you get a score you don't like, because it's not like the score that you need to get into like a school that you really want, you can take it again. That's okay. Exactly. Take it again if you need to. I mean, it's horrible to sit through it again, but if you yeah. have to do it. If you have to do it again, nobody expects you to be perfect on your first try. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or really perfect ever with the LSAT. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. But yeah, those were some great tips for law students. So I want to get a bit into pageants now. I want to talk about pageants. Yeah. So what made you get into pageants? Like, did somebody recommend it to you? What led you there? It's a funny story because it was extremely random. Okay. I stumbled into the world of Miss America. My friend and I, my junior year of college, had seen an ad for a different pageant system for Miss New York USA, which is part okay. of the USA system. And we were like, let's do this. This might be fun. Um, it was one weekend. You had to raise a certain amount of money and like, that was going to be fine. So we did it and it was absolute craziness, but we had so much fun. And Mm -hmm. I realized that I, I really gained a lot from confidence wise by being part of it. And then I thought to myself that I wanted an experience where I got to talk a little bit more mm-hmm. values aligned a little bit more with my professional skills and my skill set. And so mm-hmm. I kind of found Miss America in towards the end of college. And I was like, mm, this isn't really the time for me to be doing anything else. And then in 2019, I was kind of just scrolling through Instagram and I saw someone post about an open competition for Miss New York the last chance for you to get your chance to go and compete at Miss New York. Mm-hmm. I don't really believe in signs, but I'm going to this one time believe in a sign. So I mm-hmm. spent paperwork for the last open competition of the season. Mm-hmm. And I ended up walking away with a title. I was Miss Liberty my first year. Wow. <laughs> and I had a really fun time and it was incredible to compete alongside some really amazing women who were mm-hmm. all different industries and different professional careers and were all just impressive to themselves and 
walking away as a first runner up my first year, I was like, all right, I like this. This is something that I want to keep doing. And I walked away with $5,000 that year for law school. So oh my God. Wow. <laughs> I was like, this, this could work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up competing again at the very beginning of 2020. The 2020 competition got postponed because of the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And when I came back in 2021, I was lucky enough to win the title of Miss New York and get to compete at the 100th anniversary Miss America competition. Yeah. It was awesome. That's crazy. (laughs) I'm very proud of the fact that as someone who is going to do a lot of talking for a living, my talent, which is a monologue category talent, I do original poetic prose. It -hmm. was the very first of its kind to win a preliminary talent award at Miss America. So that was just really exciting. And to see the number of people who were impacted by my words and who, and who felt like they could resonate with it um, was a really exciting thing for me as not only just a a title holder, but as a poet and a writer as well. Yeah. That's amazing. Congratulations. Very much. (laughs) Oh my goodness. How fun was that getting to be in like the big, like Miss America competition? Oh, it was so fun. And the other 50 women, because we compete with um, plus DC. So there's 51. Okay. So 51. Okay. It was so fun. They are some of the most incredible people I've ever met. And just so funny and so likable and so down to earth. Um, Mm -hmm. every woman that I got the pleasure of competing with was just, just such a fabulous person. And I can't say Mm -hmm. nice enough things about them because they are just so great. Um, but I do my favorite kind of anecdote about how great they are is I was driving in Vermont during a snowstorm, uh, which is not a good idea. And I <laughs> was too many mountains, <laughs> mountains and road time and plowed because it was actively snowing. And I had a little bit too much confidence in my driving ability and my Jeep. And I went off the road into a snowbank. And I asked my friend who was this Vermont and because I was visiting her that night. Yeah. Like, Danielle, I am stuck in a snowdrift. Oh my God. Rallied the troops. Um, and a bunch of folks from her small town of Vermont came and got my car out of the snowdrift. No way. Because they were like, anything for Miss Vermont. And Danielle was like, yeah, we just pulled Miss New York out of the snowdrift. <laughs> and it's just kind of, it's funny that now, no matter where I am, I have friends in every state. Yeah. Who, lot of a snow drift. Should I ever need it again? <laughs> Hopefully you don't need it again, but that's great that you have them. Yes. In case yeah. it happens, Just you know, case. they're there. Exactly. <laughs> that is such a funny little story, but yeah, definitely should not drive in Vermont in a snowstorm. No, I have not your best choice on my, on my Jeep. And I have a four door Jeep. It's a very like hearty car. And I was yeah. driving so slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was so embarrassed too, cause I grew up in Massachusetts, like driving. Oh yeah. So, you know, the snow. Yeah. Well, I know the snow, but it was like, I was already four and a half hours into this drive. Yeah. It's just like, you just got to make it mm-hmm. a little farther. And yeah, we were so close. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Because you did make it all the way to Vermont, like I did. I did. close enough that she could come get you. <laughs> But thank goodness. Thank goodness. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So, so funny. So moral of that story, you make great friends in pageants, but you should not drive in Vermont in a snowstorm. (laughs) Exactly. Your friends will get you, but maybe don't put them in a position where they have to. to. (laughs) Yes. Beautifully said. 
And the other moral of the story is like, I walked away from the Miss America competition with $17,500 in scholarship money for law school. And that is a substantial chunk of change. And a lot of the other money that I won through winning Miss New York, that's close Mm -hmm. to $30,000 towards law school, which is expensive. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, it, it really helped in that regard. And I think one of the great things about doing it was I got a text message from one of the attorneys that I will be working with. And she was like, everybody in our practice group was watching Miss America. Well, I was like, what? Including the managing partner of the firm. Yeah. He was like, I I kid you not. When I say some of the litigators thought you were one of the best best spoken people they've ever seen on TV. And that was such a compliment to know that they saw me as not only like Miss New York, like Mm -hmm. three and all that. They were, they took me seriously as a professional. Um, And to have a litigator say, you are a great, you speak so well. That's like such a compliment. The biggest compliment from someone that you will eventually work with to know that they saw something in you and Mm-hmm. gave you a compliment about a skill that yeah. you need in order to yeah. be successful in that field so no that's amazing so you're going in there already and they're like we know she can speak <laughs> we've heard her speak <laughs> I'm like please don't put me in court though because I will probably throw up <laughs> oh my god don't put me in court I'll throw up but just know no I can speak <laughs> for any other any other thing just don't <laughs> just don't put me in court so so funny Okay. I'm curious then. So you said you won all of that money from it. So how does like the whole scholarship money thing work in like the pageant world? So I don't know, like, who is it that walks away with money? Like what place do you have to be? Or is it like different categories? So the top five at the state level, the top five win scholarship money in varying amounts, depending on what state you're in, that can go anywhere from like $15,000 to $5,000. It just depends on where you are. Okay. Okay. And besides that, there are other non-finalist awards that you can win Mm -hmm. in terms of you had the best talent for the night. That's $500 Mm -hmm. in your pocket. You had the best social impact pitch. That's $500 Mm -hmm. in your pocket. And then some other scholarship sponsors will donate things in the names of friends and such. Like last year at Miss New York, we had an $1,000 scholarship in honor of someone's best friend who passed away. And that was supposed to be for someone who was going out into the world in their profession to change and benefit the Mm -hmm. entire world. And so essay writing competition that was part of that. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to win your state title in order to walk away with money. Okay other things in order to do that and you can walk mm-hmm. away with like a pretty nice little pocket with pocket yeah. you um and then at miss america everyone who shows up so all 51 candidates will show up and earn at least three thousand dollars as um as your state representative wow <laughs> i did not know that yeah. i thought it was just like if you win the whole thing then you win the money. (laughs) No, the top five. So Miss America this year won $100,000 and she's going to, um, then after that first runner up Alabama won $25,000. That was 20,000. And then I won Mm 15,000 from being third runner up and then 10,000 for fourth runner up. Um, and then I won $2,500 for being the talent preliminary category. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
That's so cool. Yeah, I had no idea that it worked that way. So I hope we just let some other people on here know. If you're yeah, interested exactly. in pageants, you can win money without winning the whole title. <laughs> exactly. All you need is a talent, the ability to talk yeah. for 10 minutes in a panel room with mm -hmm. judges, um, a social impact initiative, and you and some glamorous outfit that you would wear on the red carpet. That's it. That's all you need. <laughs> glamorous outfit. Okay. Kind of going more into that. So how the pageants work are like, you have like the outfit situation, like, how does it work? Like have, what comes first? What's the, yeah, I mean, what's the basic gist of the whole pageant situation? Well, so for Miss America in each, mm -hmm. each system is a little different. So, you know, you've got your Miss America, your mm -hmm. Miss America. Miss America, first of all, is over, is a hundred years old. We celebrated our hundredth anniversary in 2021. Mm -hmm. um, and it is the largest provider of women's scholarships. And okay. so that's our system. That's the one I'm most familiar with. And okay. how it works is that you have a 10 minute private interview with the panelists and they get to ask you any variety of questions. You submit to them a resume that tells them all about your life mm -hmm. and a social impact initiative statement, which is basically a one page document about the type of volunteer work, community service work um, project that you've been undertaking as a person or what you care about in terms okay. of creating a social impact. So for me, mine is all about empowering youth through sports. Um, mm -hmm. I've on Good Morning America to talk about trans inclusion, um, supporting mm -hmm. LGBTQ plus athletes. Mm -hmm. um, and then also in my own state, providing, uh, working with assembly members at yeah. New York State Assembly in order to mm -hmm. um, increase the budget for youth sports programs across New York State. So you talk about all that kind of stuff in your 10 minute interview. And then besides that, you have a 90 second talent. It can be anything. I have seen a lot of different talents from speed painting to more traditional singing. Speed painting. <laughs> Miss Vermont does speed painting. Um, what does that even mean? <laughs> paint a picture in 90 seconds. It's really exciting to watch. Yeah. <laughs> really cool but so you have all different kinds of talents that people can do mm -hmm. um, people throw batons and it's very exciting to watch it's a mm -hmm. my twin sister has never really been into this world and she mm -hmm. came to Miss America and after the first night of preliminary competitions when she watched Miss Pennsylvania's baton mm -hmm. act my sister texted me and she was like Sydney, I have found a new love for baton. <laughs> <laughs> my mom was telling me that at visitation, because I was busy doing press, mm -hmm. at visitation, there were all these little girls lined up to meet Miss Pennsylvania. And my sister was at the back of the line waiting to meet her to tell her how much she loved her baton. <laughs> so I just was like, Cameron. <laughs> it was very funny. But so you have your 90 second talent, <laughs> then you have an onstage question, which is an extension of your private interview. So okay. your interview gets cut off at 10 minutes and then they ask you to leave. The judge who asked you your first question in your private interview gets to ask you a question on stage. Okay. My question on stage was about how would I as Miss America continue to advocate for trans inclusion and the LGBT mm -hmm. community? Uh, through my work. And I got to talk about my work with Athlete Ally, which is one of the largest advocacy groups for trans and LGBTQ plus mm -hmm. athletes in the whole country, which is really has been really exciting work. And then besides that, you have a social impact initiative pitch, which at the local level is 20 seconds at the state level, it's 30. And we got 60 seconds, I want to say at Miss America to okay. basically tell you about our social impact initiative and what we want to do okay. with it. Um, and what we have done with it. 
mm-hmm. leading up to Miss America. All right. You only get 20 seconds at the local level. You get 20 seconds to give your best possible pitch. But in all honesty, I think it's really important to be able to sell yourself and sell your person in 20 seconds. <laughs> okay. See, the 60 seconds makes sense to me, but 20 seconds. I mean, what would your 20 second pitch be? Well, so I will say that I got the opportunity to meet Governor Kathy Hochul. Um, and it was a freak accident because I saw her and I basically cornered her staff. <laughs> I'm Miss New York and I want a picture with Governor Kathy Hochul. <laughs> Okay. And I, in 20 seconds, I said, hi, my name is Sydney Park. I'm Miss New York. I advocate for the importance of inclusivity and accessibility for New York state youth in sports. I think that sports are so incredibly important for our kids because they teach them how to be better leaders and incredible community members. And Governor Kathy Hochul was like, well, it is lovely to meet you, Miss New York. (gasps) And that was all the time that I had. And sometimes that's all the time that you do have to make an impression on somebody. Yeah. Able to quickly package yeah. Who you are and what you're doing in 20 seconds. Sometimes that's all you I guess that does make sense then because if you are just like you have 30 seconds with someone and exactly. it's someone that might be able to like support your cause, you just gotta get it all in there really fast. <laughs> you just gotta say it and hope that they it resonates with them. <laughs> yes. No, I love that. That's so cool that I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah. That's amazing. So what tips would you have for anyone kind of in that might be considering pageants of like how to get started in it. Like how do you pick a cause? Like how do you get involved in something? What would you have to do to start? So I think the best tip to starting is just to start. I mean, I just started and I picked something for my social impact initiative. I picked something that I cared about mm-hmm. and that I saw a problem with. Yeah. Um, I really care about youth and sports. And I saw a problem with accessibility and inclusivity in sports in my own backyard. I coach in Harlem in the South Bronx. And so Mm -hmm. seeing the impact that sports have on those kids, but also seeing the barriers to entry and knowing that I wanted to do something about it. So find something that you care about that you want to do something about. Mm -hmm. Um, There are are a variety of causes as we all look out into the world and see the issues that are commonplace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you realize that you have the ability to change them and that you have the power to do something about it Um, and take that and run with it and figure out what organizations you can work with, what people can you talk to, look at the current bills that are being heard at your state house or legislative session and figure out how you can be involved in advocating for or against them. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a really powerful place to start. Yeah. And if you're interested in getting involved in Miss America or Miss New York or in your state organization, talk to one of the state title holders. We are all there. I can vouch for all of them. <laughs> We're all very friendly um, and very happy to answer any of your questions. Um, it is an incredible program to be a part of, especially if you get started and are part of it for years. You will develop public speaking skills. You will develop the ability to give a 20 second pitch so that if you're ever in the same room as your governor, you can corner her and tell her your 20 second pitch. Uh-huh. <laughs> you will, and I ultimately believe that you will walk away a better person and a better professional mm-hmm. for your participation in this organization. Yeah. Beautifully said. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, and kind of going off of that, you said you'll like come out of it better. I'm curious what you think like the biggest benefits are of the program kind of to like sum up what we talked about what would you say like the top like two or three benefits are of being a part of something like Miss America or Miss USA 
I think that one for, for Miss America is the scholarship money. That's what a lot of women do. Um, there are a lot of, especially teen title holders too, who would not have been able to go to college had it not been for the scholarship money that mm-hmm. they earned in Miss America, which I think is a testament unto itself mm-hmm. of the power of this organization. Yeah. And the second big thing that I actually really love is the friendships and the people that you're going to meet yeah. because being a part of this organization, you get to be friends with like-minded women and you get yeah. to be friends with an entire network of people, hundreds of thousands of women across the mm-hmm. country who are all invested in making the world a better place. Mm-hmm. I think that having that really powerful network is amazing. I was looking at the picture of the top five at Miss America and I realized our Miss America right now wants to be a doctor and help people. She wants to be a dermatologist. Mm-hmm. Our first runner up wants to be a CEO of a top 500 company. Mm-hmm. Our runner up, she wants to be, she wants to, or second runner up, she is going into social work and is going to be helping kids across the country. Mm-hmm. And I want to be a lawyer. Like, yeah. Looking at that alone and thinking about all of the fact that all of us are at the beginning of our careers and it's mm-hmm. going to get better from there. Yeah. And then in 10 years, I'll be able to call up Lauren Bradford from Alabama and be like, Hey, <laughs> how's your company doing is such an exciting thing. Or yeah. I can call up Emma Miss America and be like, Hey, I have this really weird mole on my back. <laughs> can you, here's a picture of it. Let me know what you think. <laughs> Sorry. It's gross. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So funny. um, That's (laughs) That's amazing though. Yeah. Just like the types of people that get into pageants, like you all have such big goals and it'll be like fun for you guys to see each other go through your careers now because you are all at the beginning. Yes. We were all joking that in 50 years at the 150th anniversary, Mm -hmm. competition, we'll all go back as like 70 plus year old women and be hilarious because yes. be old and fabulous <laughs> old and fabulous yes that's all we want when we're old to be fabulous <laughs> we love it okay my last little question about pageants before we wrap up the end of our episode is do you have any big myths that you want to bust about pageants that you I, feel like people think oh there are so many myths okay. I think the biggest one is that that it's not about women's empowerment because all we do is walk around in pretty gowns and wear sashes and crowns. It is a hundred percent about women's empowerment. Mm -hmm. I am probably one of the biggest cheerleaders for empowering women that you'll ever meet. And I think Miss America has only emboldened that in me and seeing the incredibly strong women that I get to be a part of, uh, be with every single day. Um, and this network of women is a network that's going to change the world. And you just have to wait and see. Oh my God. I love it. So true though. So many people are, do just think like, they're like, oh, pageants, you just like dress up and you walk around. But like, as we heard today, there is a lot more to the pageants than that. Yes, there is. <laughs> yes, there is. Okay. Well, I feel like that's a beautiful to note, a note to end our pageant talk on. So, um, we're just going to wrap up with our two little segments that we do at the end every week. So for those of you that haven't listened, our first segment is called the how to be a better person segment. It's just like a tip of something good you can do for people, animals, the planet, uh, donate to a cause you like, whatever you're feeling. So Sydney, what is your tip for the people today? 
My tip for the people as an advocate for youth sports is to coach your local sports team. Go out and volunteer just a few hours of your Saturday or Sunday Mm -hmm. um, and you will change a young person's life for the better. That's so fun. I love it. Kind of going along those same lines. um, My tip is going to be to get involved with um, an organization like Special Olympics. If you have one in your area, I used to volunteer with that all the time when I was younger because my brother was a part of it. And you, again, the same way you like change their lives and they just have so much fun and you can just like kind of see the joy that you put on the children's faces. It's amazing. So big volunteer week. That is our recommendation for the week. Recommend, <laughs> recommend volunteer for your classes. <laughs> My English is not working. It is clearly a Friday afternoon. I am tired. Okay. And then our last segment of the day of the episode is a fun activity to do in New York City. What is your favorite fun thing to do? It can be free. It can cost money, whatever you're feeling. My favorite activity to do is to go to Central Park with a blanket, some cheese and crackers and your best friends. Okay. And rather than just chit-chatting, which you will inevitably do, watch the boats on the water because it is hilarious to watch people who do not know how to row a rowboat. That would be me. Row a rowboat. So if you do it in the summer, that's my big suggestion is to go and people watch in Central Park. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love, yeah. And Central Park is beautiful all year. I did not make it over in the, the fall, which I'm kind of sad about because I wanted to see the leaves. But um, yeah, Central Park, I feel like there's just so many things you can do there. So it's yeah. always a great one. And there are a lot of interesting people to see. So <laughs> yes, 100%. Let's see my tip for today. I feel like I'm going to have to start repeating some of my tips because I give one every week and I'm, I only do so many things, you know, <laughs> only do so many things. Okay. My tip for today. Oh, it's going to be something I haven't done yet, but I want to do. Mm-hmm. So um, if you get a library card, like for the city of New York. So if you're a student here, you can get a library card, the city libraries, the state libraries, whatever they are called. And then you can actually get like free museum passes to a lot of museums that you wouldn't just get as like being a student. So that's my tip. Check out the library, get your library card, and then you can go do a lot of things for free that are fun. Perfect. That's a great tip. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah. So thank you for coming on Sydney. Do you want to tell everybody where they can follow along with you? see your Miss Unork, New York activities. (laughs) Of course, you can follow along at Miss America NY or at sydney.park.ny on Instagram and on TikTok. (laughs) Beautiful. Okay. And then you all know you can follow us, Legally Couture Podcast, both on Instagram and TikTok and our YouTube if you want to watch our episodes instead of listen from now on. Um, and then you can follow me on TikTok or Instagram, erin.lindsay13. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on today, Sydney. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Yes, it was so much fun. All right, everybody. Have a nice night, day, morning, weekend, whenever you're listening. Have a great day. <laughs>